Welcome to Figures in the Dark, the podcast where we tell stories of all things murderous, paranormal, and terrifying that goes on in the dark. Hi, my name's Tori. My name's Taylor Shea. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi, everyone. Hi. Um, so, mental health check-in. All-time low. All-time low. Um, not the band, but just, we're reaching an ATL. Not Atlanta. Yeah quoting Bo Burnham but an all-time low <laughs> yes. so it's been a week and a half in our household mm-hmm. um we're doing yeah just well I'm just barely scraping by like I think you described it perfectly when it was like it was like the straw that broke the camel's back mm-hmm. and then I just had like a full-blown like snap breakdown I, yeah. yeah I have not been dealing with my own anxiety very well for mm-hmm. a while as well as Traumatic grief really sucks. And then, like, yes. compound trauma. Yep. And then compound and complex grief. Yep. Like, all very, really difficult things to mentally deal with when you're a person who already struggles really badly with anxiety every yes. day. Yes. And it, like, holds you back in so many different ways. So then, when you're really, like, mentally not doing well because of all of these factors, and then you add in, like, that you don't mm-hmm. have very like good controls set mm-hmm. up for your anxiety yep it just spirals, it spirals out of control into, yep. mm-hmm. and that's exactly what happened to me this past week is i just fully spiraled mm-hmm. fully kind of like just lost all of my mind for a little bit because i had no safeguards mentally mm-hmm. to like yep. stop myself from like spinning you don't have having... any baby gates in your brain like we talked no. about yesterday exactly i need to absolutely establish those baby gates for yeah. my brain of like how to keep myself mentally protected and not go full spinning into catastrophic thoughts yep. all the time yeah so it's been a it's been a yeah. rough week but yesterday was not a rough day it was a great fucking great. day <laughs> it's sunday so it was on saturday so i took off of work we um went to near our tattoo studio and got um went to a tea room so yeah, it was so, so much fun. It was all these little tiny like <clears throat> like tea like Tay got a pot of tea. I got a cranberry spiced iced tea, which was fucking delicious. Their scones were incredible. Incredible. So fucking good. So we got that. We had a good time there. And then we got tattooed. So we got we both got a new tattoo. Um <laughs> I have a now I have a Medusa on my body, which I'm sure some people know the meaning of, and it was, it's a very meaningful tattoo to me. Um, so it's really, it really pretty. Really awesome. Yeah, it's really, really dope. It's um, like a, it's kind of like a bust head of Medusa, black and white in the face. The eyes are completely blacked out, but she has like really nice lashes and eyebrows, which is like <laughs> fucking my, totally up my alley. And then she has um, like a dark green, like snakes. And there's one single snake that has like a teal and blue, te- or teal and purple, um, streak, which is which is really which is really pretty. So awesome. Yeah, and then you got, like, lungs with berries yes. or something. I got lungs with berries and flowers and, like, leaves coming out, which is, we were joking, because I have asthma. Yeah, so, and I was hoping that, I was saying it would have been really funny if you would have been allergic to blackberries. Yeah, just, like, fully, just go full irony. And then I was telling you and our tattoo artist, like, the ongoing joke, because years and years ago, like, one of my first jobs out of college, I was talking to the, my coworker, who was also named Taylor, Oh, love it. And we were, I was, like, driving her back from, like, dropping off her car or something Mm -hmm. to get fixed. And I was, like, having existential dread and, like, freaking Mm -hmm. out because, like, I hated that job. It was a miserable place to Mm -hmm. work. And was, like, I just don't feel like I'm good at anything Mm -hmm. and that, like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life and all of that. And, like, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And she literally just, like, something. She was, like, well, you're good at stuff. Like, you're good at some things. And I was, like, like, what? She was, like, I don't know. Like, 
breathing? And I'm like, I have asthma. That is so fucking funny. I love it. That is so fucking funny. <laughs> but so we got tattooed yesterday. It was a much needed like reset day. Mm-hmm. Like it was just us like hanging out. We were we got to the tattoo studio at one o'clock, and we've been. I mean, all of your tattoos were except for the yeah. one you got in New York have been done by this by our tattoo yes. artist. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. If I'm, I'm probably not gonna say her name just to be safe because I don't mm-hmm. know if she wants to be associated with a podcast, <laughs> but. It's a Diamond Heart Tattoo in Flemington, New Jersey. It is an amazing, amazing. studio. Highly recommend. Very queer friendly. Very trans friendly. Very. Love the place. Um, they don't tolerate any type of racism, homophobia, xenophobia, transphobia, mm-hmm. all that, all the phobias yes. and stuff. And they're specifically trained to be able to tattoo folks um, with autism spectrum disorders yep. and like be able to try to make it the most non-invasive, non-anxiety producing yep. and like relaxing experience possible. I like genuinely could not picture a more relaxing tattoo yep. studio you walk in and you feel like you're at a spa it, it, it literally is it's so like it's mm-hmm. that, that like you i feel like people normally think of tattoo studios as these like these like dark black rooms yep. this is so light and airy like it's yes. so light and it's almost sterile feeling but it's like that's what you want to feel like when you go into mm-hmm. a tattoo shop and it just feels grimy i don't want a tattoo there no. like every single tattoo that i've gotten i've only gotten one tattoo not at that studio and was at a convention but Every single tattoo I've gotten, I have seven tattoos now, I think five of which have been done by our tattoo mm-hmm. artist. And she is just absolutely fucking amazing. Love like, her. and I'll, maybe I'll shoot her a DM and see like, hey, can we talk about you on our mm-hmm. podcast? Because like, she's fucking amazing. She's just an incredible mm-hmm. person. She's so very sweet. And she is so talented. Mm-hmm. And the artwork she does is just amazing between like stuff that I've literally commissioned or like mm-hmm. flash pieces of her. Yep. I've never not loved anything yep. that i got and every piece that i get i get tons and tons of compliments yep and she is just the sweetest person ever like mm-hmm. when we left last night she's like i'm gonna miss you guys and we're like we're gonna miss you too because she booked out instead of, she's like was saying like she's learning how to like not kill herself with tattooing and mm-hmm. she was saying that the studio i think it was open from like one to eight or one to nine yesterday that's usually their hours on saturdays and she booked out the entire day just for us too because she wanted to be able to just like chill and like take her time and like mm-hmm. actually you know because i think you were you you started getting tattooed around like 140 145 yeah it took about two hours for yours i think around there mm-hmm. mine took about i started getting tattooed around like 3 50 ish four o'clock and i ended right around 7 7 30 so it was about three and a half so only total is only about five and a half six hours of tattooing Mm -hmm. but we were there from 1 p.m until 7 30 yeah so we were there for i mean that's still like we were still getting tattooed majority of the time but we were just like hanging out chilling Mm -hmm. and she's such a good person to talk to and like she's just so sweet so We love her so much. So it was a good day yesterday. And then um, I'm heading to New York to see Des uh, after this, which is fun. Um, and then, you know, yeah. we have, you have some fun plans later on in the month. So it's I'm not sure what our recording schedule or what our posting schedule is going to yes. look like just because it's going to be a little bit. We're both trying to, you know, mm-hmm. get out and have more fun with. Um, and I want to say people who aren't just us. And like, I don't mean that in a way like we don't want to spend time with each other. Of course we do, it's but... just like we literally live together and spend almost every single waking moment together. And it's yes. like. Hey, it's great to have a best friend that you live with, mm-hmm. but also you're allowed to have other friends too. And it's like, yes. we're both trying to expand that, like spending more time with our families and with time with friends who aren't each other. Cause it's mm-hmm. very easy to get into a habit of just staying home and just watching true crime documentaries yes. for hours. You know what I mean? And especially with like where I'm at anxiety wise, I've realized that I really need a network of mm-hmm. supports around me and that I can't rely on just a few select mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And that although like it's good to to have like your inner circle of people you trust but also i do need to expand and i do need to have like more people mm-hmm. to hang out with to do things things with and to like push myself more into mm-hmm. doing 
more of the things that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's definitely my goal for the next month yeah. is to really like get out there and start doing things that like have been I've been stopping myself from mm-hmm. doing and things like that. And like literally at the end of the month, I'm going to do one of the stupidest things that the wait. funniest sentence to ever be able to say. I'm going to a Shrek rave. I love it with Bigfoot. I yeah, love it. I'm t- my friend Bigfoot is taking me to Shrek rave. <laughs> I love it. I love that so much. I I'm can't. So I can't wait to see pictures of that. That's gonna be fucking hilarious. It's gonna be so so much fun. ten minutes later, this is our mental health check in. We hope y'all are doing okay. Yes, um, and if you're not, I'm sorry. And we see you. We, we see it. you. We love you. We appreciate you. Um, I would like to say that I'm bringing you bringing you up today. Um, you bring us right back down. Bring him right the fuck back down. All right. So <laughs> we were talking to Aaron recently when we went over to her house last weekend, and we were saying that I don't know what's been going on with our brains. However, we have just been doing a lot of like kid cases, mm-hmm. which is fucked. Um, because I did Chris Watts, and then you did the Georgia Tan case. Yeah. Um, and so today, I would love to say I'm bringing you a case that is not kid related. However, um, is kid related? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's. Um, um, content warning murdered children content warning mental health crisis um, Same. content <laughs> warning I am the mental health content crisis. warning Tay is the mental health crisis <laughs> so um, I'm going to talk about the case of the crim children today um, it's a pretty recent case not recent okay within the last decade re- recent like we just fucking it was in 2012 to me mm-hmm. that's recent that was yeah. 11 years ago so I want to kind of give set the scene a little bit so like I said content warning um child child murder um content warning mental health crisis um just listen with care like take care of yourself it's this is kind of a rough one especially when we talk about like details of what happened so i'm gonna set the scene for y'all it's november of 2012 there is a middle-aged latina woman laying in a bed with her arms strapped to the bed her lawyer valerie van leer greenberg is standing next to her they're in manhattan's wheel cornell medical center a judge asks Yoslin Ortega, the woman in the bed, how she pleads. She doesn't answer because she can't talk. Instead, Lear Greenberg says, not guilty, Your Honor. Thus, a not guilty plea is entered. Yoslin Ortega was arraigned for the fir- for two counts of first-degree murder, committed against two of the three of the children of the Krim family, a family she was hired for as a nanny two years prior. She stabbed six-year-old Lucia, or Lulu, and two-year-old Leo before turning the knife on herself when the mother of the children came into the bathroom and saw the grisly scene. So did you just tell me right now that they hired a nanny mm-hmm. and this nanny took out two of their children? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. We'll That's dive into a nightmare. Yeah. It's yeah. It, we'll dive into like what happened and all the things that happened as a result of this in okay. a good way. Like there are a lot of good things that came from this horrific event. I hope it's background <clears throat> checks. <laughs> huh, we'll see. It's laws um so before we go into more detail about the gruesome crime yaslin committed i want to talk about the crim family so the crim family lived in new york specifically in the upper west side of manhattan in the la rochelle apartment building and i looked this up it's kind of like a little bougie area like it's upper west manhattan like it's yep it's okay it's the upper west side like yeah so marina and kevin crim had three kids lulu and leo like i mentioned before but they also had a middle child named nessie I'm not sure what Nessie's. I'm not sure if that was her actual name or if it was just like a nickname. I wonder if it was like Vanessa or something. But everywhere, literally every single source, it said Nessie. Well, they could also, because she's alive, be protecting her identity. Well, we'll kind of get into that. It's not. They're very open about their kids and like pictures of their kids. Um, and we'll actually talk about how um, Marina was a stay-at-home mom, but she also ran a blog, like about her her kid's life essentially. Like she was like a mommy vlogger, but blogger. 
Like she was, okay. but it was, it was not, yeah. it didn't blow up. Like it wasn't like she was famous because of it. Mind you, this is 2012 before that became. This, but like, why did they need a nanny if she was a stay at home mom? I'll get into that. Okay. I, I thought I had to think for a second, but I remember yeah. I kind of addressed it. Okay. So Kevin, so part of the reason they wanted to get a nanny was because Kevin worked as a digital content executive at CNBC. So he was so working he like was 12 hour days. Yep. Working. And okay, so, so she needed extra help. Yep. Marina was a stay at home mom. She used to work as a kindergarten teacher, but when they had their children, she was able to stay home because of Kevin jobs and Kevin's job and take care of the mm-hmm. kiddos. I also saw some places that she was an art teacher. So I'm wondering cool. if she also did like little art things you know what i mean like little art Mm -hmm. like classes like part-time so maria loved her kids so fucking much and honestly like who's shocked because she used to be a fucking kindergarten teacher like if you're gonna be a kindergarten teacher you're gonna fucking like kids so she also like i said loved to blog about her kids she ran a blog called little miss lucia on live journal where she would always post pictures of her kids during their daily activities and daily lives and write about the cute things that they did so one of the posts from october 25th 2012 keep that date in mind okay um made me smile and like it, it was so fucking cute she posted a picture of her middle child nessie picking up the payphones as they walked down broadway street um mm-hmm. or broadway avenue whatever street mm-hmm. avenue whatever and said that nessie stopped by every payphone to try to make a call to her friends like she didn't actually any, oh, obviously yeah. call anyone but she picked up and was like hi it's nessie hi yeah. friend like it was just and there was also, a picture like, of her what we do because my one niece it's really cute we have like so many videos of she'll pick up any phone and like Every phone call she thinks is to my dad. So yep. it's all the time. Just, hi, Papa. Mm-hmm. All the time. Yep, that's exactly what mm-hmm. it is for. Yep, exactly. That's so she cool. just, they were walking down Broadway and she posted that she had to every single time they saw a payphone. Oh. And you know, sometimes there's like yeah. five payphones in a row. She would stop at every single one so and like cute. try to call her friend. So really fucking cute. <clears throat> so. The family ended up hiring a nanny in uh, 2010 when Marina was pregnant with Leo. Kevin said he was working over 12 hours a day and his wife was overwhelmed with the stress of not only being heavily pregnant, but having a four-year-old and a Mm one-year-old. So Kevin was like, babe, listen, like, like, let's get a fucking nanny. Like, let's fucking go. So he actually, (laughs) Kevin pushed Marina to agree. Like Maria, Marina was like, no, I'm okay. I'm sure I'm sure I'm fine. Um, but he was like, no, like, let's get a nanny like you. I want you to rest and be able to not be stressed about a four year old and a one year old when you're also pregnant. So he's something that this is something that he would end up regretting later. So while Marina was at a dance class for her then one year old, she was approached by Cecilia Ortega and they began to talk. Marina found out that Cecilia's sister, Yoselin, was an experienced nanny or so they thought. Oh, they I don't to- like the oh so they thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they the Krim family talked to her at length, and she was even able to provide a stellar reference. Her meaning Yoselin. Um, and this stellar reference answered a very long list of questions the Krims had about the potential nanny, which well, obviously just her friend. I we'll, swear we'll to get God. into that. We'll get into okay. We'll get into as that. a person who will willingly admit that, like, I've had like people that I was friends with previously, but then like maintained friendships with that had like worked for me as interns Mm -hmm. that I've absolutely given like tons of references for, Mm -hmm. like whether it be like, I've literally had them put me down as a reference for like jobs for other internships mm-hmm. or apartments and i am absolutely the friend I'm, that will like, i do that for you all the time oh yeah you did you did that for me well one of the times i actually technically i was you on the phone call because they oh yeah yeah they called and i was like you weren't there at that moment and yeah. like i didn't know when you were coming back so i just like answered the questions like yeah 
Here you go. Yeah, exactly. So like, like it works. All right, I can one hundred percent see. So we'll we'll get this. there. Okay. We'll, we'll I'll, that's a whole but part I'm still of this. Frightened. Yeah. So we'll keep that in the back of the head. So oh, you're making me nervous. <laughs> so uh, once they once the Krim family were satisfied with the answers they they got from Yoselin, they hired her. So Kevin, on the cross examination, said that she did her job well and the kids liked her. The family knew Yoselin was under a lot of financial strain as she had just moved into her own apartment in the Bronx and moved her son from the Dominican Republic to live with her in New York City and also put him in a private school. So she was like brought she was from the Dominican Republic. She brought her son there. She <laughs> wanted him to have, you know, the education that she saw her nanny kids having. The family tried as much as possible to help help Yoselin out, including hire her hiring her to clean their apartment. And also by doing this, they also paid her separately from nannying. So they would pay her for the nanny gig, but then they would also pay her separately for cleaning their apartment. So they were like treating okay. her really, really well. That's yeah. awesome that she is at least getting compensated for both instead of being exactly. expected to do it all. And they also employed her son, her son for odd jobs like dog walking. And they even actually paid for a few trips um, for her and her son to go back to the Dominican Republic in emergencies as a sort of bonus. So they mm -hmm. sound like really good people. Yep. And they also recommended her to a family friend who needed a nanny for short periods of time. So it was safe to say the family really yeah. liked Yoselin. They enjoyed her. Mm -hmm. And they actually ended up going to the Dominican Republic with her on one on one event and was like, we met Yoselin's yeah. family. Like this was like she was integrated into their family. Yeah. They clearly made this yes. every effort to not only have this person be treated very well as an employee, but did everything they could to really mm -hmm. care about her as a person. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, are really sad so and the family saw nothing wrong with her and kevin also stated on cross-examination that he has had a lot of family members with severe mental illness and he never saw any signs of the ones he saw in his family in yoselin mm -hmm. and he felt as if he knew like what that looked like so Fair. let's go into a little bit of a detail about yoselin before talking about the horrific crime so like i said yoselin was originally from the D dominican republic at the time of the murders in 2012 yoselin was 50 years old and had been a naturalized citizen for 10 years okay i'm not i try to figure out what a naturalized citizen it was it's kind of like it's confusing yeah. to, it's to like pretty confusing but basically she's a citizen like yeah. she's a legal citizen exactly like she, yeah done everything that she could to prove to the united states mm -hmm. like she has a, every intention of being a united states citizen. exactly so she lived um she got the apartment in the bronx with her son okay. however she ended up losing that or like having to move mm -hmm. out because of money money issues so she moved with mm -hmm. in with her son sister and niece in an apartment in the hamilton heights neighborhood in manhattan okay. so it's not the upper west side but it's still in manhattan so right. like, like an, a less wealthy part of manhattan yeah i couldn't find a lot else about her except that she had recently stopped being her upbeat and friendly self to her neighbors instead of greeting them like she normally did she tended not to make eye contact with them and just looked at the ground so and i do want to add in that like her neighbors often said like she would v greet them in like this very like we've all met like a mm -hmm. middle-aged spanish woman yes. who is like oh like like hola like mm -hmm. like this, like all that like you know yeah. what i mean she was very stereotypical of that you know what i okay. mean where she was very upbeat very like oh like let very me take cheery, care of you very yes. happy very like about family exactly and family oriented so when her neighbors mm -hmm. noticed her not saying hi to them like they normally she normally oh. would it was a little weird so i do want to add in here I'm not saying she had some mental health crisis and this is why she killed the children. I don't want to make excuses for what she did because you can have mental health problems and not kill fucking children. But I also want to stress that like she could have been having a mental health crisis, but it's not the reason she killed the kids. No, and even if I it was that like it's something that clearly needed to be taken care of and maybe could have prevented this from mm -hmm. happening because she clearly needed help. Exactly. Exactly. So I also want to round about 
jump back to earlier when I said the Crims thought Yoselin was an experienced nanny. Uh. She wasn't. Oh, no. um, Kevin said they later found out that Yoselin had given them a phony reference. She mm-hmm. had given them the information of a friend who was willing to vouch for her. And this friend lied about every question the, the Crims had about Yoselin. So like we said, I know so, like lo- I've given references, yes. but I've never straight up lied about that person's capabilities. Exactly. I just like, like I wouldn't, if you applied for like an IT job, if they called me, I wouldn't be like, yeah, she knows everything about computers. Like that's, I'd no, be like, I'd, I'd look at you and be like, what are you fucking doing? You know what I mean? Like, and even for like a nanny job, like, I would not vouch like that's something that like I feel like I wouldn't vouch for like everyone's done mm-hmm. vouching for their friends. However, I feel like if someone came to me and was like, hey, I've never been a nanny, but I really want to get this yeah. job. I feel a little weird about like lying a little to them bit, about it. Yeah, because I'd be like, I I would want to make sure that they had qualities that yes. I think would be good for them exactly. before I'd be OK with that. Exactly. So let's get to, you know, the day that the murder ha- murders happen. So remember how I said before that post was posted on October 25th, 2020, mm-hmm. about little Nessie picking the phones. Mm-hmm. So the crime happened on October 25th, 2012, the exact same day. Uh. Marina had left Lulu and Leo with Yoselin so she could take Nessie, Nessie to her swim lessons at the nearby y- y- YMCA. The plan was that Marina and Nessie would meet up with Yoselin and the other two children at Lulu's dance class around 530. So I think that's also part of the reason they got a nanny was they also had all these kids like okay. Nessie was a ballerina and they Lulu was swimming and, and they were probably yeah. getting Leo into some stuff like they had a lot of activities for three kids like imagine yes, that by a single like one mother would not be able exactly because at, at this time it was a six six year old Lulu mm-hmm. it was I think I want to say three year old Nessie and then two year old Leo. Yeah that's a lot of so very around. so so two kids under three yeah. which is a lot. So when Yoselin and the two kids didn't show up, Marina, of course, got concerned. She scooped up Nessie and went home to check on everyone, not knowing if one of her kids got sick and Yoselin had had time to call and let her know. Because you never, if, you're, mm-hmm. if this, if two of the kids got food poisoning and they're projectile vomiting, yeah. you're, I mean, you're, you're gonna, gonna be, eventually call, but like, yeah, but you're gonna be a little occupied. You're gonna to be, be to you're text. gonna be, you're gonna be a hit, uh, elbow deep in vomit. So like, yeah, it's you know gonna I mean? be pretty hard to get out your phone when you're literally cleaning up some bomb. exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, when she arrived at the apartment, she found all the lights off. So she had assumed Yoselin had taken the kids out, like maybe running late. So she went back to the lobby and asked the doorman if he had seen her two kids with their nanny. Because it was like a doorman building. Yeah. He replied he hadn't. So she was like, okay, that's fucking weird. That's strange. So she went up back to the apartment and started looking around, flicking on the lights as she went. She got to the bathroom and flicked the light on and saw what no mother should have seen. And mm-hmm. content warning. Her six-year-old daughter and two-year-old son were lying clothed and bloodied in the bathtub. On the floor next to the bathtub, they fa- she found Yoselin. Yoselin looked up at Marina when she saw the kids, took the knife she had used to kill the children, and slashed her own wrist before stabbing herself in the neck. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So then Marina, of course, let out a blood-curdling scream, ran out the door, and screamed, something happened to my kids, as she was sobbing. Oh, poor woman. The doorman she had just talked to heard her crying and then called 911. And there was a, a bunch of other sources that were saying that, like, they had seen her on, like, the, the mezzanine. Like, it was one of those ones that, oh, like, okay. where, like, you could look into the lobby, like, and, from the apartments. Yeah. It wasn't, like, one lobby and it was just an elevator. Yeah. It was kind of, like, open okay. door, like that. Yeah. Kind of like a hotel, I'd imagine. Okay. They had seen, it was a woman saying when she was with her kid and she had seen Marina run out on the mezzanine and was like, help me, help me, help me, like, freaking mm. out, which, like, rightfully fucking so. Yeah. So then after... She had been screaming. She ran back inside and grabbed a towel and wrapped it around Yoselin's neck. And when police arrived, Yoselin was unconscious, I'm assuming, because yeah. of blood loss. What a good woman that she's still even taking mm-hmm. care of her and after. And there are pictures yeah. out there of Yoselin with a towel wrapped around her neck. I do not recommend looking at them. They're pretty no. graphic. Um, but it just, when I was looking for pictures yeah. for like the Instagram, it popped up. So I was like, oh, fuck. That's scary. 
Um, so paramedics took Lulu and Leo to St. Luke's, where they were unfortunately pronounced dead upon arrival. Oh. Um, Leo died from a single cut on his throat, whereas Lulu died from the de- defensive wound she got while trying to defend herself. Oh. So they took Yaslan to New York Cornell Hospital, where she was said to be in stable but critical condition. Police said they thought she might have taken pills as well, and that's why she was like laying by the mm-hmm. bathtub. But I didn't see it anywhere else, and I didn't okay. see it like in any like more legal Mm -hmm. documents so i didn't think i don't know how much that held up but it was kind of like Mm -hmm. it was tricky with this one because there were a lot of it was i had to like i think i have like 10 sources because it was every they would release articles with when they knew like the littlest bit so it was like oh my god these kids are found dead is the nanny responsible oh my god the kids are found dead nanny's responsible but is the nanny like mentally ill oh my god that she got arraigned for not guilty like it was like the littlest updates and there was like 10 articles for what could have been accomplished in one big article yeah so like it was in one article before they realized that before they were able to talk to yoselin or before her trial like it was the police were like we think she took pills but it was never mentioned again okay so like so understandable that it could have just been like and it also could have just been a crime reporter like mixing up cases exactly you're trying to give updates like quick exactly. updates on this very exactly intense case yep so now marina was in the ambulance with lulu and leo but the police still had to notify kevin about the deaths of his oldest and youngest child hold on rewind before we talk about this i also want to say that um, marina actually had to be committed after this she was on yeah. suicide watch for about two weeks after Understandably. this um her thankfully nessie never saw anything because she made her stay in the living room mm-hmm. but she was like she wouldn't let nessie go when they were yeah. trying to commit her because obviously like yeah she you know. just lost two of her children and exactly the overwhelming idea of losing exactly was yeah so thing. she was at the hospital with the with the with lulu mm-hmm. leo and nessie and then kevin was actually flying back um into jfk from a business trip he had from san francisco so the police, as soon as his plane landed, they went on board the plane and were like, where is Kevin Krim? And they picked him up and they asked him to exit the plane. And before like anybody else, they brought him to a private area, sat him down and told him about the unfortunate events that had taken place that day. So like any father would, obviously he broke down. He started crying for his kids. Um, the police then escorted him to St. Luke's to be with his family. So with all that being said, that's pretty, a pretty uh, gruesome, you know. So why don't we take a breath? as we just talked about was pretty pretty fucking heavy yeah. um so let's talk about what happened after all of this we're gonna talk about the trial and any subsequent like lawmaking fun, like uh, foundations that type of stuff so as i said before yaslin was in the hospital and um she was arraigned in the hospital after her arrest she was stabilized um but wearing a neck brace and seemed to have a tracheotomy done which is essentially where they like because mm. um a tracheotomy um, I didn't really know exactly what it was, but I'd heard it like a million one times in Grey's Anatomy. But it's essentially when an incision is made at the front of the neck and a breathing tube is ins- inserted directly into the windpipe instead of putting it down someone's throat. So my assumption is they couldn't get it down her throat due to the blood in it because of the stab yeah. wounds. Oh, wow. So, That's an intent. Like, she must have really been going yep. at herself. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, so after she was healed, she was released from the hospital. From there, she was taken to jail. I couldn't find what jail she was in from, like, from when she went from the hospital to jail. I couldn't find out what jail that was. But I did find out that during the trial, she was being held for a while in the in a, in the prison ward for psychiatric patients at Elmhurst Hospital Center in Queens. So she was held there due to her defense team trying to build a case that she was mentally ill and wasn't fit to stand trial. Which, shocker. Yeah. Um, she was originally deemed fit to stand trial. However, her um, defense team was like, mm, no, 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 no. She crazy. 
um, crazy girl. <laughs> so they claim she had gone to a psychiatrist before for treatment of anxiety and depression, but also claimed that Yaslin told them she heard voices in her room at night, as well as she asked them why she was handcuffed to the hospital bed and why police officers were outside her room. So she was claiming she didn't understand why the fuck she was there. Yeah, and that she had no idea what she did. Yep. Defense said she didn't understand why she was being charged and had, quote, no recollection of what happened. I like, feel like that's way too convenient whenever people exactly. say, like, I don't remember anything. I'm like, you don't I blacked remember. out. I blacked out, and then I killed a bunch of people. Like, how? Hello. Exactly. Like, how? So, thankfully, this didn't end up working, and the courts deemed her fit to stand trial, and she would be able to assist in her, uh, she would be able to assist her defense team during her trial. So, the actual murders, um, the, the actual trial for the murders didn't begin until five years later, so 2017. Oh, jeez. But before the trial started in 2016, Judge Jedri- Gregory Caro offered a once-in-a-lifetime plea deal. He looked at Yoslin and offered her the minimum sentence for the crime she was being charged with, 30 years to life in prison, which will make her eligible for parole by the time she was 80. That is way too generous. So in um, in order to get this deal, she would have to plead guilty for the, the murders of Lulu and Leo. The bare minimum? She declined it. Are you fucking kidding me? Nope. She was like, uh, no, bitch. I'm, like, gu- I'm not I'm guilty. I'm not guilty because mm-hmm. I don't remember. Okay, as a human person who is, I, I've blacked out once in my life. I will be honest, it was because of drinking. Yeah. But what I did was I I vomited up what looked like red because I was drinking strawberry vodka. Oh my god. I knocked myself unconscious, gave myself a black eye, and just like full on passed out. And I guess yeah. I like said some weird shit. You know what you didn't do? Kill people. Kill people. Yeah. Yeah, right? So, um... I'm glad she fucking like declined the sen- the, th- the the plea deal because um, if it were me, I would have been like, she didn't deserve. No, the plea she didn't deal, deserve it. But, but I would have. If it were me, me I would have taken it. Yeah, it just makes me angry that she's refusing to say she's guilty. Exactly. So this was also good though because the prosecution said that they were looking for the for um to sentence her with for life without the possibility of parole, and the Krim family agreed because mm-hmm. so, so normally sentencing isn't done in the exact. It's like they have the trial, she gets charged it's found guilty not guilty blah, 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 whatever and then they have the sentencing so it's yeah. two two separate like hearings um the prosecution however in the trial can mm-hmm. ask for certain sentencing mm-hmm. guidelines you know what i mean like yeah. at the end of the day it is the judge and the jury's and decision that's kind of how it becomes the like if this becomes a death penalty exactly case or things like that and like, they also have to sometimes bring the life without the possibility of parole to the jury as well okay. because at the end of the day that is also Essentially a death sentence. Just yeah, just a really long one. Exactly. Exactly. So um, jurors were chosen and the trial began. Reporters and court personnel thought the trial would last around four months, but it ended up lasting less than two. Not sure why. It just took like... They probably went through evidence a lot faster than they yeah. thought. And maybe these attorneys weren't doing the like... I forget what it... I was listening to, it obviously it was morbid, but I don't remember which episode it was, mm-hmm. but they were talking about how one of the, like, defense attorneys did, like, a fucking speech, like, I think it was either the opening or closing speech, talked for a day and a half. Mm-hmm. So I guess, and like, shit like that, some or, lawyers do. Or even, like, burying the prosecution in paperwork, mm-hmm. last minute evidence, all that bullshit. Nonsense thing. Exactly. So, or, like, a ton of fucking witnesses, which doesn't mm-hmm. seem like there is a lot of witnesses no. to call for this. No. So, um, due to Yaslin rejecting the plea deal, she was facing the possibility of life in prison without parole. Her team tried to pursue a psychiatric defense, saying that Yaslin was mentally ill and shouldn't be held responsible for her actions. 
prosecution. Maybe she's mentally ill and mm-hmm. should be held accountable like exactly. most everybody else. So the prosecution was rejecting this, saying she was fit and mentally stable and was able to tell the difference between right and wrong. Yep. Which, like, you know, you can have anxiety and depression and you can also have schizophrenia and more severe personality yeah. disorders and know the difference between right and fucking wrong. And know the difference between murdering a bunch of kids and not and be exactly. able to say I did it or and I did it. Exactly. So in the end, she was found guilty of first first degree and second degree murder, which I'm not sure how that works. I want to say it was like maybe um, one count of one kind of one. That's what child? I think. Maybe I didn't really maybe look too like much into second it. Second degree because maybe one of them was less intentional and less planned, and then yeah. after, like so, like say like Leo. For example, Leo was probably the second degree, or and it yeah, was like a snap, the, exactly. and then and then but she but fought Lucy, to kill Lulu. Lulu yeah. saw what happened, tried to run away, and then it became first degree murder because it she was, planned she it. Planned it, and also that she was already committing a different crime, was caught in the exactly. harm of someone in the process. Exactly. Um, so she was able to address the courtroom before sentencing, which I really hate. I've always hated how mm. the, the the perpetrator or the offender or the defendant can address the courtroom during like sentencing. Say some shit that's really going to piss me off. Yeah, it is. Oh, so great. she said this something along the lines of her being sorry, hoping no one, ever, no one would ever have to go through what she went through and ask forgiveness from not only God, but Marina and Kevin. You don't deserve their forgiveness. And what do you mean what you went through? Yep. What Marina and so sorry, I'm forgetting his name. Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. Well, no. Everybody else had so very fun names. But I know. Sorry, Kevin. Kevin you yeah. are you are having a bad time too. Exactly. But, yeah. Yeah, but like no, what Marina, Kevin, and Nessie are going through yes. is far more important and is what no one should have to go through mm-hmm. because of someone else's actions. Exactly. Hello. Exactly. So I watched the video because you can find the videos of not only Yaslin talking, but also Marina and Kevin at the sentencing. And if I if it's if I'm being honest and, you know, mm-hmm. I not that I am a forensic psychologist, but yeah. I work in the victim's advocacy field. Mm-hmm. I have a criminal justice degree. I watch a lot of crime shows. I know I ca- I'm good at you can't bullshit a bullshitter. Yeah. Put it that and way. Like when you do work in the victim's advocacy field, you meet a lot of people that you can even if they're not acting the way that people cuz like I don't want people to think that they that victims react only one way. There is no one right way for mm-hmm. victims to act. And you get to see that as a person who works mm-hmm. in that field that everybody reacts differently, but you can feel the genuine emotion from yes. it and you can understand each one of their reactions. Yep. But then when you encounter an abuser who is pretending to be mm-hmm. a victim so that they can use the victim's advocacy process to abuse their victim, yep. it is really easy to feel and see. Yep. So, and to me, that's what I got from Yasselin. It seemed uh-huh. like a lot of crocodile te- tears, a lot of like... I'm crying to be like, oh, I want sympathy for me. <laughs> Fuck that bitch. So Marina and Kevin also gave a statement, like I said, and it tore my fucking heart out. They were like two or three pages long, so I'm not going to read them. And they really yeah. they actually made me cry when I read them. Aww. But some of the stuff that Kevin said was he he mentioned the different ways they miss their kids, like how he misses how Leo and Lulu used to run up to him when he got home from work and how they missed always trying to talk the kids out of a Mr. Softy cone, even <laughs> though most of the time they failed to do so. They were like, they just they kept on like they kept on going on about like how much they're like different ways like he missed seeing leo wake up in the morning with his messy bedhead in the crib and missing seeing lulu dancing at her dance class like shit like that um so the judge wrapped up my thoughts about yoselin actually perfectly when he handed down the sentence so he he said he said that she was i quote pure evil and he blamed her for not getting treatment for her mental illness as well as praising the jury for not accepting her insanity Mm -hmm. defense 
So the judge was like, fuck you, fuck your mom, fuck your whole life, fuck you, go to jail. Yeah. Which, good. Go to jail. Straight to jail. Straight to jail. So now that that's kind of over, it wasn't a long, like, there wasn't a lot about the trial. It was kind of just like a, I don't want to say like a basic trial, but it was not one of those trials that was like. There wasn't chaos happening. There no. wasn't nonsense happening. It was pretty straightforward that everybody was like, oh, fuck you, lady. We know what. Exactly. We see and, you in the shitty thing that she exactly. did. Exactly. So Yasuna is still in jail, where she should be. Yeah. But where is the Krim family now? Because we, you know, it takes a lot to not get over, but to process this mm-hmm. type of, this type of crime. They've done a lot to keep the memory of Lulu and Leo alive since the murders. One of the biggest things I think that happened with the Krim family was they welcomed two new babies into their family. Mm. So Marina and Kevin had Felix in 2013, which only not even a year after the murders happened. The murders happened in October of October 25th, 2012. They announced they were pregnant in May of 2013 and the, or, or no, in May of 2013. Yeah. And then had had Felix at the end of 2013. And then they also had Linus in 2016. They often post pictures of the two boys and their older sister, Nessie, on the Lulu and Leo Fund Facebook page. Mm. The Lulu and Leo Fund was founded by Marina and Kevin in 2012, about a month or two after the murders. This fund brings arts and science to disadvantaged kids under an initiative called Choose Creatively. When asked why Marina and Kevin started this fund, they replied, As the parents of Lulu and Leo, we know that art and nature played a critical role in their short, beautiful lives and in the life of our surviving daughter, Nessie. We believe every child on this planet deserves the deep engagement with art, nature, and creativity that our children had. Which, like, that just, like, ugh, breaks my fucking heart. So there was also something called the Lulu and Leo Law that uh, the New York State Assembly and State Senate passed. This law makes it, makes it so a crime is committed when someone, quote, I quote, knowingly and materially misrepresent the qualifications of a person applying for work as a care, child caregiver. So this law was signed into effect by Governor Cuomo in August of 2018. This was surprisingly the first type of law like this in the U.S. So in the U.S., to, and even to my knowledge, because I tried to do some research on it, I spent like an hour trying to find another law mm-hmm. like this. New York State is the only state in the entire U.S. that has a law that says if you lie about your qualifications as a child caregiver, mm-hmm. you commit a crime. Wow. Which is shocking. So Incredibly shocking. Because you would think like. I do understand to some degree because like it can be kind of difficult because like as I applied for several nanny positions when Mm -hmm. I wasn't figured I had no idea what to do which I don't know why I did that yeah fuck that but I most of what I put down is like my work history when it came to like being capable Mm -hmm. of a nanny is like I had been a nanny or caregiver for family members Mm -hmm. and so like I guess in that way, because, like, that's so hard to prove or, like, say, Mm -hmm. like, whether or not someone was genuinely taking care of family members or not, that that might be kind of part of it. But who knows? Like, exactly. I don't know. This is another this this is another thing that has made me be like, if and when I have kids, I don't want a nanny. I want a family friend to watch them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I like it kind of. Yeah. So um, and it, it just this case, it was so chilling for me to realize that, like, anyone can fake any their way into any type of job but it's so important to not fake that when you're trying to apply for a job that has the safety of children children. exactly but like i still don't understand like mental illness does not cause you to be a violent person Mm -mm. but like there's clearly something that is going on in this woman's life and mind or like what what possessed her Mm -hmm. to do this and i think that that also is what's most upsetting to me is like Mm -hmm. this is a person who for who clearly like knew that they had these capabilities or Mm -hmm. was a violent person that spent so many 
years Mm -hmm. lying to and pretending to be someone else to this Mm -hmm. family and that's just horrific yeah and there was i saw a couple articles that were saying that friends of hers were saying they weren't she wasn't happy with the crims like they weren't compensating her but then then everyone else was like no like they were fucking lying like that they're just they're just saying shit to get in the fucking well even so like even if you're not paid well a reasonable reaction is not to kill someone's children to quit like i'm not paid well or like i'm paid better than other jobs that i've had i don't Mm want to like straight up say like i'm not paid at all like i absolutely i think would love and deserve a higher pay than what i'm getting but like i'm not gonna kill so i'm not gonna like kill children about it no yeah exactly so um kevin said said this about the law being passed we hired the woman who murdered our children based on a deliberate set of lies. Thanks to Governor Cuomo's support and the hard work of sponsors Assemblyman Otis, Senator Lanza, and their co-sponsor, there is now a strong deterrent to that kind of deception. Good. And there's also a Facebook page dedicated to this law, giving people the resources to advocate in their state for something like this to be passed. Um, I'll put that in the source in the show notes so people can look into it and try to get mm-hmm. it passed in their state. To my knowledge, though, like I said, it hasn't been passed in any state but New York. And unfortunately, wow. I think it's going to take something like this happening in a state like Pennsylvania and New Jersey for this to be passed. Yeah. So that is the horrific murders of the crim children. Um, I feel so bad for the crim family. Yeah. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. Uh, Trauma. So, and that was something I had seen on um, TikTok. Just, it was like one of those TikTok ones where I just saw it and I was like, Oh, that poor family. You're right. I do extend so many sympathies to them. I hope that they are doing Mm -hmm. great, that they're thriving in the best way that Mm -hmm. they can, that they're, that, their family members only the memories of them only ever bring them Mm -hmm. blessings and that they should never have to be bogged down by the pain and awfulness that this yep woman created mm -hmm. and the um the blog that i was talking about the little miss lucia is actually still up you can't really comment on any of the stuff which i'm glad reasonable reasonable, but you can see all these cute pictures of leo and Mm -hmm. lulu and it was just they were such cute kids i'll post a picture of them they're just such fucking cute Mm -hmm. kids they actually remind me a lot of uh, bella and cece from the watts family yeah they look very similar to that like just very like cute little curly blonde hair like just really fucking cute so like sweet innocent children who never should have been taken and Mm -hmm. i hope only bad things for yoslin yeah yoslin i hope she um i hope she gets all of her fun i she hope she has no what's the word commissary i hope she has no commissary i hope she gets toe fungus all the time i hope she gets toe fungus i hope everyone steals her uh shower shoes and she has to use pads as shower shoes yes because that sounds like a sensory nightmare to me yeah i hope she's a sensory nightmare yeah i hope all of her prison clothes have really itchy tags that you can't get rid of i hope that all of her prison underwear no matter what she does always has crabs i hope they're stained yep and it looks like she pooped her pants all the time i hope they give her the pants that look like poopy panties yep love Forever. it poopy panties you know what yoslin i know you're not listening to this because you're in prison but fuck you hope you have poop panties for the rest of your life yeah. like such a shitty poopy ass pants. Thing Go poopy to do. pants. and you still can't even hold yourself accountable like i understand to a degree that people who have committed crimes need to find ways to be able to mentally live with themselves mm-hmm. too but how do you mentally live with yourself and never and you killed two kids you killed two children and when you had the opportunity to apologize you made it about you mm-hmm. and that your play is worse than theirs she, and she, you because she like she noted first like i hope she first said i'm sorry i hope no one else has to go through what i went through i ask forgiveness so she didn't even re- she was like i'm no. sorry but hey me 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 yes don't be a pick me fuck girl you. you killed two fucking children go fuck yeah. yourself 
it, the apology should have been no one should ever have to go through what you guys went through because mm-hmm. of me and i'm sorry exactly so fuck yoselin we love marina and kevin and mm-hmm. we i hope that nessie felix and linus are just like yeah, living doing their best well. life mem- keeping the memory of lulu and leo alive because they deserve that so Absolutely. that's that case Oh, sorry y'all um if you i'm not sure what next week is gonna look like i think we might end up skipping next week um we both are gonna be out of town next week <laughs> um so you know we just we're gonna be both spending time with my i'm spending time with my fiance you're spending time with family so yes. you know we'll we appreciate you know it's been a kind of rough rough go for us for a little bit so yeah. and thank you for hanging in there because like um, homegirl's not doing well mentally <laughs> no and i'm trying real hard to be so like i yeah. appreciate all of you mm-hmm. and any of the kindness that you give and like yeah that you guys are all still hanging on there even yeah. when we're not overly yeah. consistent some days yeah so we're probably gonna not have an episode next week just giving y'all a heads up but we will be back um hopefully barring yeah. i mean and we I should have, be like literally like five or four cases at this point that are finished so we have a lot coming in the like coming down the pipeline eventually it's just like the record time is our problem right now definitely yeah so if you want to keep track and we can you can see when we post next um you can follow us on all of our socials um our you can follow us on instagram at figures in the dark follow us on twitter at figures in the dark but dark spelled drk you can like us on facebook share our page at figures in the dark send us an email tell us any feedback you have we got any any of the cases we've done case complain suggestions our lack of consistency exactly love that <laughs> yeah. for us complain about anything you want mental health check-in all that stuff you can email us at figures in the dark podcast at gmail.com and then you can listen to us on all the major um, streaming platforms like anchor spotify google podcast anchor up uh, anchor music apple music <laughs> and amazon music um and so you know listen to us enjoy us um we love y'all um with that being said we appreciate you um thank you for listening and as always beware of the figures in the dark bye